0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the sixth Sunday of the Holy Great Fast, and we read today the reading of the man born blind whom the Lord Jesus Christ, when he met with him, Um, He made mud, he spat on the ground, he made mud, he put it on his eyes, um, and and when the man washed, he was able to see. When the disciples saw the misery of this man, and how he was blind from birth, and how he was not able to serve himself, um, they assumed that the reason that he was this way is because he had committed some sin, or his parents had committed some sin, um, for him to be born this way. They said in verse 2, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Their, their fallacy was assuming that any um, calamity or catastrophe or tragedy or suffering that um, we as human beings experience in this world is be, is a direct result of a personal sin. I mean, we believe definitely that sin entered into the world and brought with it corruption, sadness, suffering, all of these things happen because of the sin that entered into the world, but not necessarily from my personal sin. It's not the case that every bad thing that happens to me is a direct consequence of my own personal sin and especially in this case even when the the disciples are asking about this man um, who is it that sinned either him or his parents well he he wasn't even alive yet for him to have sinned to cause him to be born blind but i want to focus a little bit on the question of was it the sin of the parents um, and the Lord said, no, this is not the sin of the parents. Um, it is so that the, the Lord may be glorified in him. And we definitely see how the Lord was glorified in this miracle and how even thousands of years later we are still talking about it and how this is an example of the healing of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and an example even of the resurrection, of how he was resurrecting us from our state in blindness and darkness to see the light. Um, but there are some things that the sins of the parents can affect the children. And this is what I want to focus on today. Not, not here in this case that the man would be born blind, but there are some things that, w- that as parents that we have to keep in mind so that our weaknesses and our sins um, do not uh, affect the, parents, uh, the children. So we can ask this question, how can the parent's sin affect the children? Um, we're going to speak about five points briefly. The first is their negligence causes them to go astray. Um, In Ephesians 6.4, St. Paul says, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. The idea of training, even when you think of the word training, maybe we we have an image of our mind of like the military where they go to do training so that they could learn how to be soldiers and how to fight and how to survive in the war. And training is extremely intentional act. Training is not something that happens just randomly or doesn't just happen automatically by itself. You don't just go and live your life and suddenly you're trained. Even when you go to a new job, for instance, and they want to train you, to do the position. Oftentimes you'll go for several months into a separate location, which is there nothing to do but training. You're not even working, you're just doing the training. You're learning all the details, the steps, everything that needs to be done. And so here when St. Paul is speaking about how it is the role of the parents to train their children, again, this is a very intentional, deliberate um, act that has to be incorporated into our lives as parents of how is it we are going to teach our children. Certainly the world is against us in this. Certainly the world is, is, is teaching the children contrary to the values that we as Christians believe. So unless we are very diligent and, and purposeful and intentional in the way that we are training our children, we will find that they are trained by the world. They are trained by the iPad. They're trained by the computer. They're trained by their school. They're trained by whoever it is who's gonna have the most access to them. Um, and it might not be us. So, how is it that maybe the the sins of the parents can affect the children? Through negligence. If I do not put in the time and the effort needed to to serve my children, to teach them, to train them in a a very deliberate, intentional way, then maybe I will find that they will go astray from God, and I will ask, why is this happening? Why is it that they are not clinging closer to God? Maybe part of the reason is I did not train them. Second. reason why maybe the sins of the parents could affect the children is because of excessive leniency. Um, when, when God was speaking about Eli the priest to Samuel, when Samuel was still a child, he said to Samuel, he says, for I have told him, referring to Eli, that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons have made them vile have made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. The sons of Eli, the priest, were also priests and they lived in sin and they they defiled their priesthood with the sins that they committed. And Eli did not do enough as the high priest to stop them, to correct them, to rebuke them, to restrain them. And so the Lord is judging the whole house of Eli because Eli did not do enough. when When he saw that his children were going astray and committing sin, he did not stop them. He did not take it seriously enough. So the idea here of, of the effect that the parents have on the children is when the parents are excessively lenient and, and not taking a strong stand against disobedience, against sin, um, monitoring what the children are doing, then this could uh, sow in the, in the hearts and the minds of the children um, at, at an attitude of, of rebellion. And this attitude of rebellion is something that goes unchecked. One of the things actually that, if, if you, for anyone who's a parent who has, has children who's been baptized in the church, um, one of the things that's read at the end of the baptismal prayer is what we call the commandment. The commandment is the commandment of the church to the parents to inform them of their responsibility in the eyes of God for raising the children in the fear of God. And one of the things that is mentioned in this commandment is that it is the role of the parents to be the observer of secrets of the children, the observer of secrets, meaning what? All children uh, naturally growing up, maybe they're going to fall into different troubles and and, and try to hide things um, from their parents. The role of the parents is to observe. The role of the parents is to find out, not to just have like like kind of close our eyes, not wanting to see the truth, and acting as though nothing is happening Um, not not being diligent enough to um, to kind of uh, go and question and monitor and ask where are you going what why are you doing this like what what have you been doing no it is part of the role of the parent to be an observer right and then once we observe then we can correct right? But parents who are excessively lenient, they allow their kids to do whatever they want. They don't put restrictions. They don't put time limits. They allow their children to be disrespectful without correcting them. They allow them to disobey without correcting them. And this is something that can lead to a child who is spoiled and a child who feels like they can do whatever they want. And again, we are not doing our due diligence as parents, and this could cause them to go astray. In Surak um, chapter 30, verse 8, it says, a horse not broken— turns out to be stubborn, and a son allowed to run wild it turns out to be headstrong. Meaning if we allow our children to, to run wild, to just do whatever their hearts desire, and we don't make an effort to stop them. The analogy is like they're a wild horse. A wild horse that will just kick and and and, and run and do whatever until a person intentionally tries to tame them. And this is what we are called to do. Our children as as we ourselves were as children, um are are grow up with a spirit of rebellion, with a spirit of disobedience, with spirit of, of, of lack of understanding. And so all of these things should be done in love, but also should be done with firmness. Should be done with a desire to correct and to teach our children. And if parents neglect this, then this could also be a reason why um, that the children go astray. The reverse of this is excessive harshness. So we said excessive leniency is a problem, but excessive harshness is also a problem. In Colossians 3.21 it says, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Meaning if we are overly critical with our children, if we do not balance um, the discipline that we show them with love and acceptance, if we try to ask of them what is greater than their capacity or capability for their age level um, to do, And if we are hypocritical ourselves, maybe not doing what it is that we're asking them to do, all of these things are going to result in an environment in the house where the children feel like they are being persecuted. Um, We don't uh, don't allow them to make mistakes, and any mistake that they make, we we treat it with excessive harshness, being overly critical, overly harsh, overly punitive, and, and that everything becomes rules, and the children begin maybe to follow us, not out of love, not because they are convinced that what we teach them is right, but out of fear. And maybe it seems to the parents to be effective in the moment because we get our kids to do what we want, but in the long run, we are losing our children. In the long run, the moment that they have the the, the option and the choice to leave the house, they will leave the house and they will do it, the exact opposite of everything we have ever taught them, out of rebellion. So just as it is wrong to be excessively lenient, it is also wrong to be excessively harsh. There is a balance between the two, and there is also the spirit of mercy. Whenever our children do wrong, yes, there is consequence, but there is also forgiveness and there is mercy. And there is not making our children to feel like they are failures or that there is something wrong with them. No, they made a mistake. Let me help you out of this mistake. Let me teach you how is it that you should live um, your life. Um, The fourth way that the sins of the parents can affect the children is that if the parents have a distorted understanding of God, then this will translate into the children as well. Meaning, if the parents don't understand the love of God, then, then how is it that they are going to communicate that love of God to the children? If the parents don't understand the mercy of God, then maybe their lack of mercy and their lack of understanding of that mercy is going to make the children also to not understand mercy and forgiveness. Everything maybe will be just rules and rules and rules. Um, Also, if the parents don't understand God's desire for holiness then also the children will not understand what does it mean to be holy. Sometimes people take Christianity as just a set of moral laws. Do this and don't do this. You have to be kind, you have to be generous, you have to be this and this and this. Well, what about the spiritual aspect of the faith? Meaning Christianity is about our relationship with God. It's not just a code of conduct, it's not just a way of acting or a way of speaking, right? Maybe we look at people and we can see in them like they are acting in a Christian way, we say that, but. There are atheists who can also act in a kind way, act in a very moral way, act in a way that is kind and generous to people, right? That is not the same thing as being a Christian. Being a Christian means that we establish a spiritual relationship with God, and unless we understand this as parents of what does it mean to be close to God, to have a relationship with God, to seek a life of holiness with God, then we will not be able to translate this also um, to our children. So again, our, pa- our children learn through us. If they see that we desire holiness and we desire relationship with God and we act this out in our lives, then they will learn from us. But if they think that it is only a life of good deeds and good works and that's all that it is, then maybe they will learn to be um, polite people. But they won't know what it means to have and to taste that relationship with God. The last point is that the ungodly conduct of the parents may cause the children to stumble. In Matthew 18 verse 6 it says whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. A very very harsh and and, and frightening um, analogy that the Lord is giving us. He says if anyone whether parents or otherwise, causes uh, to be a stumbling block to a child who is innocent and pure and to teach them or to allow them to learn bad habits, to allow them to, to have this distorted image of the truth, then it would be better for that person in the judgment for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. This shows us how much God cares about preserving the innocence and the holiness of children. You know, when God gives us our children from the womb of the mother, they are pure and innocent. How is it that they become corrupted? They become corrupted because of the world. They become corrupted because of us. They become become corrupted because of the bad um, example that they see around them that they begin to absorb. So again, as parents, our role is to guard them and shield them from this and most definitely from us specifically in the house, that we make the house to be a church, that we make the house to be a place of holiness, that we don't allow um, bad conduct, that we don't teach our children, even when we have our own weaknesses, even when we struggle with certain sins, we don't allow those sins to infect our children. We don't allow them even to see the the, the negative things that we struggle with. And we speak to them about our own weaknesses and say, I go and I confess my sins, just like I, I want you to go confess your sins to your father. Confession, I also have my own sins and I want to confess them. So we should teach our children not only with our words, but also with our actions and by making the house to be a pure environment. And again, the the, the world that we live in now is so corrupted and so much in darkness, we have to try all the harder and all the more in a very intentional way, as we said, to make our houses to be pure places where our children learn and they grow in the truth and they learn to, to to live in Christ and they see in us that this is as a family, this is our goal. This is what we are seeking. This is what we want to do. This is the only purpose of our family is to preserve ourselves to in, in the, our relationship with Christ all the way into the end. There is no other purpose. This is why the family exists. We're not here to make money. We're not here to bring food. We're not here to do anything other than to preserve ourselves from the defilement of the world until the last day, until we pass into heaven, and then we can say about ourselves that we were successful parents, we were a successful family. We did what was right in the eyes of God and did not allow the sin and the w- of the world to infect us. So we spoke about five points of how the parent's sin can affect the children. The first was through negligence and not training them, t- causing them to go astray. The second was through excessive leniency allowing them to do whatever they want. The third was excessive harshness, being too punitive and everything is just about rules and commands without a balance of mercy and love. The fourth was having a distorted understanding of God can also lead our children astray. And the fifth was um, being a, a poor example and having ungodly conduct in our lives, in our homes, that will also cause them to stumble. So may God grant us to always have an eye on what is our role as parents, and even for those of us who are not parents, to begin to train ourselves that maybe one day we will become parents, how is it that we can be pure and holy and strengthen our relationship with God so that when the day comes and we have responsibility over the salvation of another person, that we can be thankful and we can rejoice in what is it that we have sown in them and to see their holiness and their growth. And glory be to God forever. Amen.